Next on BYU Sports Nation, misfortune in Moraga. BYU basketball drops their first conference game at 19th-ranked St. Mary's. What happened? 18-year NFL veteran Lee Johnson joins us as we continue our celebration of the life of Lavelle Edwards. Our going for two results and selections on a Friday, plus your favorite Lavelle Edwards stories, quotes, and memories. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. The party's here on the West Side. BYU Sports Nation live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, January sixth. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU TV Sports Suit Game Coordinator Jerem Jordan. Not true. That's you, man. Well, last night I took a chance, and uh, it bit me a little bit. The ice gray suit and teal shirt I wore last night to call ice the gray BYU teal. women's basketball game got it's a polar. It's aggressive, polarizing response. Love, hate, very little in between. I heard everything from. It was love. One of our students, Chase Metcalf, said, "Dude, did you lose a bet?" <laughs> nice. Chase would say that. And later on Twitter, are you selling insurance after the game? Two, some people saying, you look stupid fresh, which I think is a compliment, right? Stupid fresh. Yeah. That's some people getting after me for not wearing blue. Like, I got to mix it up, right? I don't have to wear blue on every BYU broadcast, right? Oh, there's gray, there's black, there's all white. At Waltson19 tweeting this in, quote, this is what you would put on a Ken doll if you were pretending he was going to the MTV Music Awards as Vanilla Ice. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow, people passionate about your suit. Really? Man. Really? Man, was it that bad or that good? I don't know. Anyway, I need some help from you, the suit game coordinator, bro. You need uh, to, you need to you, check no, me on that no, stuff. No, you're the guy. I have no, uh, no. Clearly, I need some help, I've right? I've purchased suit in like five years. <laughs> Last suit I got was when I got married. We gotta, we gotta get five and a half suit. years ago. We gotta get. It's time for Jerem to get a suit. I'm not a seminary teacher. I'm good. But you're on the volleyball broadcast, right? You, you like 14. I'm, I'm on camera in a suit like 20 times a year. You so gotta I don't look feel the need to like update off. You gotta look stupid fresh to broadcast one of the top volleyball teams in the country. Apparently not. <laughs> I've been doing it for nine years. No one said a thing. Okay. All right. Maybe you win there. I don't know. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. A memorial for Lavelle Edwards will be held today. Edwards, of course, the head coach of BYU for 29 fantastic years, from 1972 to 2000, amassing 257 victories in that time. It has been a pleasure and amazing for us to reminisce over the past week with former players and colleagues on stories about Coach Edwards and the impact he had on their lives and their families' lives and generations' lives, like the one from BYU offensive line coach Mike Empey talking about the interviews he had in Coach's office. It was, you go in, his office had uh, this spring-loaded door that had a button that he could push, and he had these big chairs. I wanted one so bad when we moved out of the field house. <laughs> he had these great big chairs that were BYU football helmets that you would sit in huh. right in front of his desk, and he had a, always had a jar of lemon drops. And I don't know how old some of the lemon drops in the jar were. <laughs> But it was perpetual, perpetually full, and you'd go in and you'd grab a couple lemon drops and sit in the BYU football chair and talk to him, and you were being interviewed, but you didn't even know. 
And sometimes when you said, hey, coach, I need to talk to you about something, he'd just reach over and push a button and the door would close. <laughs> sometimes if, if you went in and sat down and the door closed, you were like, oh, man, am I in trouble or is this important? or what? Because he would have left the door open otherwise. Just one of the many stories that we've heard, a great one from Mike Empey, the lemon drop story, if you will. And that brings us to our Twitter question. What's your favorite Lavelle Edwards story quote or memory? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Kugbaka, Lavelle kept telling Steve Young, don't worry about it when he kept throwing picks. After the fourth one, maybe you should start to worry. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Use the hashtag BYUSN and uh, weigh in. Join BYU Sports Nation today at 6 p.m. Eastern as we celebrate the life of Lavelle Edwards with guests Leon White, NFL linebacker, 84 national champion, as well as Trevor Maddich from that team of ESPN and a special segment that, trust me, you do not want to miss. An exclusive to BYU TV Sports, Lavelle in his own words. The men's basketball team lost to St. Mary's last night, 81-68. Eric Mika. Eighth double-double of the season, had 28 points and 10 rebounds. Didn't really score down the stretch, otherwise he would have had uh, 30-plus there. The Cougars are back in action tomorrow against the University of the Pacific at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Remember, the Tigers came in and won that game in Provo last year. It looked like Eric Mika was pacing for a career high, which is 29, but like you said, didn't score down the stretch. The women's basketball team did beat St. Mary's 70-65 to last night, despite the Gales erasing an 18-point deficit. Kalani Purcell is still chasing down the triple-double. She finished with 18 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists. Mm. The ladies play at Pacific in a tough game tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. And the third-ranked men's volleyball team opens up the season today at yes. sixth-ranked Lewis. In Romeoville, Illinois at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Then tomorrow the Cougars play at Loyola, Chicago on ESPN3, by the way, at 8 Eastern as well. So good luck to Sean Olmstead and the Cougars. Yesterday was Carl McGowan's uh, funeral, by the way. Tallest funeral I've ever been to. Oh, like, I'm sure. There were like 50 dudes that were 6'5 or above. Uh, a lot of the BYU all-time greats were there. I Ryan Millar, Carlos well. Moreno. So that was cool. So Sean Olmstead and the guys, they are in... Uh, the Midwest getting ready to take on Lewis and Loyola. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. 19th-ranked St. Mary's lived up to the billing after BYU fell in some Moraga misfortune. They deserve to be ranked in the top 20. They are who they thought they were, or who we thought they were. But BYU didn't exactly let them off the hook, right, Jerem? Nope. I mean, the Gales led for 35 of the 40 minutes. They shot a red-hot 55% as a team and beat BYU 81-68. The result overshadows a game-high 28 points from Eric Mika, who, as we just discussed, was at the top of his game. The question is, where did your expectations for this game line up with what actually happened on the court? I'm not surprised by this result at all. St. Mary's is really good. We told you that. I called them annoyingly efficient, and that's what they were offensively. Yeah. 55% uh, from the field. They, they got so many good looks, which is wild. Uh, 21 assists on 31 field goals, 10 of 25 from three. I thought the refs stayed out of it for the most part, which was nice. There was great flow to the beginning of this game. 20-20, 
Then uh, I believe Eric Meek goes to the bench, and then it's a 13-0 run. 13-0 run. And and it was never really a game after that. I mean, BYU chipped into it, got down to 7-5, but never never got it within one possession or even took the lead. BYU led for two and a half minutes or something. So I'm not surprised by this result. I was hoping BYU would compete a little more in this game. BYU did some really good things last night, especially on the offensive end. They took care of the ball. They shot the ball well, especially in the first half. And, yeah, they're just there weren't a lot of dumb things that happened on offense, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU had three turnovers versus St. Mary's. Now, you talked about it. BYU had the other takeaway for me. BYU had winning offensive numbers, okay? BYU shot 44% from the field, went 5 of 14 from three. Okay. Which isn't terrible. Nope. Nine of twelve from the stripe. Uh, These are all winning three turnovers. These are all winning offensive numbers. The issue is BYU couldn't defend where Jack squat last night. Layups, uh, dribble drive, uh, and kick for open threes. St. Mary's is going to make sure they get a good shot on offense. I want to be as patient in my life as St. Mary's is on offense because they were amazing, and BYU was not as patient defensively, and that's where the issue is. You give up 81 points, 55% from the field, out-rebounded by 10. Those are not winning defensive numbers. It's a hard thing to accept when a team plays pretty well and especially does a lot of the good things that Jerem just talked about, but flat out, we're outplayed. It's hard to win on the road, let alone beat a top 20 team on the road. BYU was given a 17% chance, according to ESPN's BPI, of winning this game. So it's hard to be surprised by the result. Every loss is absolutely disappointing. But St. Mary's, like I said, worthy of the top 20 ranking. And right now, they're a better, more experienced team. The Gales almost always make the right extra pass, which led to 21 assists on 31 made field goals. That is an incredible statistic. BYU had nine assists as a team on 27 makes. BYU took some poor shots and made some poor decisions. There were moments there where, the, where St. Mary's would stall offensively a little bit, miss some shots, BYU would get some stops. But the Cougars couldn't be consistent enough offensively outside of Eric Mika. Eric Mika needs to see the chiropractor because he is – carrying this team on his back, um, and he has been awesome. BYU is a little young like we've talked about. Now, in the next month, when BYU doesn't play another St. Zaga, can the Cougars go on a run? Will they have the traditional 2.6 losses to non-St. Zaga teams? If they have one loss to a non-St. Zaga, that's not going to be good. Expect it, though, because that's what happens. Expect that loss. I hate saying that, but that's the truth of the matter. BYU in the WCC loses an average of 2.6 games to non-St. Zaga. It was almost LMU. It was Pacific last year. So BYU needs to learn from this. They need to hold serve at home. They need to win on the road. Starts with Pacific Saturday. Uh, But in the next month, this BYU team needs to learn how to take better shots and defend more. I thought BYU had done that the last few games. So I thought this was a step backwards. My number one takeaway, in agreement with Jerem Jordan, St. Mary's is annoyingly efficient, okay? They are who we thought they were. They did exactly what I expected them to do. Take care of the ball, shoot it well, make good decisions, play pretty good defense. Don't foul, don't turn it over. Rebound the ball well. 
It's amazing basketball, and I hate it <laughs> so much. And they scored 81 points, showing that, hey, we can play at a faster clip and still beat you. Yeah. That, hey, they're just better than BYU, and that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, right now. absolutely it is. My second takeaway, and I stand by what I said earlier this week. When TJ Haas plays well, and by that I mean shoots over 40% and scores in double figures, has the ball in his hands, sharing the ball, BYU wins. He's the X factor in my mind. TJ Haas was 3 for 10 last night. Didn't hit a 3, 0 for 2. He scored 7 points and had 1 assist. I figured Eric Mika would have his way. He did. He's been consistently awesome. But the Cougs need more from the guard line of Eric Mika and especially T, excuse me, Nick Emery and especially TJ Haas. It was a surprise to have Elijah Bryant on the court, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Elijah did not take very good shots, and all the BYU guards had a hard time staying in front of the St. Mary's guards. If you can't defend, you ain't going to win. And then it they, starts there. They make the right extra pass. They got open threes because they're really smart with the ball. They know how to attack the zone and attack the BYU He's got to win one-on-one matchups defensively. And, and, and in the 1-3-1, you got to rebound in that zone. Yeah, it, it, it was tough. I, BYU played hard. They're going to go on a run here against non-St. Zaga teams, and then hopefully in February they are ready to take them on at home, two of those three at home in February. Which shakes out well for the BYU chances of, of getting a you big hope. win. You hope. Mm-hmm. You need two probably to make the turn. Okay, let's move from frustration to celebration now as our conversation continues on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. We are asking, what is your favorite Lavelle Edwards story, quote, or memory? Of course, his services tonight, a memoriam as well, at Laser Sheep tweeting in, quote, it would be nice to undo some of my mistakes I made over the years, but then I wouldn't have grown, end quote. Yeah, that's a great point. Introspective. Very nice. At DeYoung1993, my favorite memory is his reaction to the renaming the stadium. I'll always remember that moment. He had to see it coming, right? We all saw it coming that day. And yet, he still reacted that strongly. It was genuine. It was overwhelming. Just like everything he did. The most validating moment, potentially, of his life, right? You have the stadium named after you? Wow, you're you're immortalized here. At Kip Kent, listen to this. Lavelle reading... Where the wild things are to my girls and 40 other kids still have the copy he signed for them. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. More BYU Sports Nation on the way, including our going for two results against St. Mary's and not-so-bold Saturday picks for the Pacific game. As we go to break, celebrating the life of Lavelle Edwards continues with the coach telling his own story. More memorable quotes from an interview I had with Lavelle, including how he watched BYU football games as a kid. Lavelle Edwards, in his own words, this is BYU Sports Nation. I grew up as a out in Orem, one of 14 children, and I used to come down and sneak over the fence on the north end there and watch some BYU games when I was a kid. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV and our conversation going right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN, and if you don't already, follow at BYU Sports Nation. Today at uh, 6 Eastern, normally that's a rebroadcast. We will be live today uh, celebrating the life of Lavelle Edwards with, with uh, Leon White, Trevor Maddich, 
And uh, Lavelle Edwards, in his own words, here's a look at what you can expect this afternoon from the Lavelle Edwards, in his own words, segment. Steve, on his own, would go down in the field house, get a bag of balls, and he'd watch Jim McMahon. And because uh, Jim had great technique and great feet and feel and setting him step and throw and and, uh, and so and then Jim or Steve just on his own talked to him a lot and I went back and just worked on the drops himself and literally made himself into into a quarterback that uh, that could run this kind of an offense. Pretty cool to hear the coach talk about two of the legendary BYU quarterbacks in that perspective, in that setting. Our Twitter question today, what is your favorite Lavelle Edwards story, quote, or memory? At VaderMTO8 says, my favorite is, quote, I'd rather lose in Provo than win and live in Laramie. Such an amazing quote. <laughs> it does so many things at the same time. We'll talk to the guy who broke the new scoreboard at the time in Laramie. Lee Johnson coming up in just a bit about a lot of his things. former coach. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was uh, a baller for a, 18 a years in the NFL. 18 years. That's more than uh, Jeremy and I can say. <laughs> yeah. I'm played, I'm playing Madden for that long. Yeah, that's long it, right? In the NFL. Right? On that note, we go for two. Can you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Lee Johnson's mad about that. He wants to kick the extra point, right? Nope. We're going for two. Basketball, however, as we look back on our prognostications from yesterday, Jeremy and I make two predictions, and we thought that we would be right about uh, what happened at St. Mary's. In a way, we were, and in a way, we weren't. Number one, I said Eric Mika. pick what I don't think will happen. Eric Mika will outscore Jock Landale. Swish! I was nervous at the end of the game when Landale got up to 26 because Eric finished with 28. I was like, oh, no, he's going to score a bucket, and they're going to finish tied, and I'm going to miss it. That, that's going to happen. But Eric Mika outscored Jock matchup. Landale. Yeah, that was. It was great. Lived up to the hype, right? Yeah, Landale's good. A dude named Jock. Who knew? Who could play ball. I also said BYU will out-rebound St. Mary's. Very ambitious. Mm. Yeah, not close. St. Mary's destroyed BYU on the glass last night, 37-27. And it helps when St. Mary's shoots 55% because there aren't that many rebounding opportunities for the Cougars. Yeah, they didn't miss a lot. In fact, they made more than they missed. <laughs> One for two. I am now 22-28 and 28 on the season. Yeah, I said BYU was scoring the 60s. Swish! I got that uh, because uh, BYU didn't push it hard at the end. Uh, and then number two, the final score will be within single digits. That's a complete miscalculation of what happened. Hey, it's it's hard when okay, I I didn't think BYU would win that game, so it's hard to craft a going for two pick around that. Like uh, I think it'll be yeah single digits. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, St. Mary's won by three. Were you nervous a little bit that BYU was going to hit a shot late and score seventy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, once St. Mary's got the ball with twenty eight seconds left and like twenty eight on the shot clock, I was like, oh, good. It's gonna it's gonna be okay because those garbage buckets come easy. It's it's gonna be okay. Yeah. We both go one for two. Uh, correction, I am 22 and 26 overall. Jerem is 21 and 27, so still just one back. One back. That's all that matters. Technically, if I, I go 0 for 2, if I go 0 for 2 against Pacific and you go 2 for 2, then you take the lead by 1. That is sound mathematics. It is that simple, right? You have battled your way back in the battle of Studio B. <laughs> studio battle. I kind of want to go into my Harry Carey voice right there. <laughs> the studio battle! <laughs> it's, it's Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've been behind for months. Okay, speaking of the Pacific game, it's time that we roll out our going for two picks for the Cougars and Tigers. Tomorrow night, you can watch that game live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain Time, with Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler on the call. I'll be on the sidelines. First, I say BYU will win by double figures. They will win by 10-plus points against a scrappy Pacific team that led Gonzaga by five at halftime last week. That They're confident. they got a new coach. they got a guy that, that Damon uh, is, Stoudemire is, in the breathing, house. Yeah, is breathing some life into that program for sure. But I think and BYU, they beat San Diego last night. I yeah, yes, they did. BYU wins by 10-plus in the Marriott Center Saturday night. Number two, TJ Haas will shoot 40% or better and score 15-plus. Because when BYU wins, you can look at the numbers, and TJ Haas generally plays well. He's going to play well tomorrow night. BYU's going to win by 10-plus. Okay. Uh, BYU will score 90-plus. I think BYU bounces back uh, from 68 at St. Mary's. They go 90-plus. At wow. home against the University of the Pacific. That's the official name, by the way. Okay. And number two, BYU have four players in double figures. Four? They only had two against St. Mary's. Elijah Bryant was the only other guy with Eric Mika. Yeah, who saw that coming? That would have been a Brian Logan bold prediction. Elijah, yeah. Bryant, Elijah Bryant will be in double figures. Elijah Bryant did take 12 shots in 19 minutes. That's a lot. That's he, a lot of shots. He hit a couple of threes, which yeah. I think for his confidence was big. Uh, yeah, when you're one for 16. That dude is a confident dude when he's one for 16 on the season. He comes into the game for the first time in like a month, and his first shot's a three. And it was a miss. Didn't go in. But, you but can he see, made two of his next you four. Can see, you can see like flashes of what he's doing to impress the coaches yeah. in practice, right? I, I just want the shot selection to be a little better overall from BYU. He needs his game legs back. Yeah. It's just gonna t- it's gonna take time, and that's part like, of the frustration. Like he had four fouls in 19 minutes as well. That's that's a high volume. Got to uh, move the feet for, right for, for anybody. It's part, it's part of the and, game legs. And, what, and what's he maybe lacking right now? Lateral quickness. He, he tore his meniscus. Ugh. It's hard, right, to bounce back from that. Absolutely. Going for two. Brought to you by BYU Dining Services. Chef driven, student powered. Check it out. Our Twitter question today. Has nothing to do with basketball and all about Lavelle Edwards, as it should be. What is your favorite Lavelle Edwards story, quote, or memory? At Melocopter says, what question, what are the strengths and weaknesses of this year's team? Lavelle, the major strength is the coaching. (laughs) (laughs) That's another great one. There's so many good ones. I'm really glad that we did this today. At East Coast Coog, the fact that Lavelle had a remote control door in his office is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. As Come Mike on MP in. Told, yeah. Hey, coach, can I talk? Or he would say, have a seat and then close the door. You're like, uh-oh, am I in trouble? At Twiggy Stone, <laughs> mostly remember him on the sidelines. He was always so unchanging no matter what happened. Great foundation for the team. Yeah, you knew forever. I mean, L- Lavelle Edwards was the, the bedrock, right? In, in fact... Uh, Dallin H. Oaks and Jeffrey R. Holland, who were presidents of BYU during Lavelle's coaching tenure, said, do, do you want a lifetime contract? And he said, no, because if we struggled, you would just pronounce me dead. <laughs> <laughs> when Lavelle celebrated on the sidelines, you knew something special was happening. Yes. Like I can remember him raising his arms when BYU was taking it to Miami, the number one team in 1990 with Ty Detmer. You're like, something special. Yeah, happen. the Miracle Bowl after the national championship clinching game against Michigan. Like, something special was happening when, when you saw some celebration from him. Yeah. By the way, in, the, in 84 when BYU wins that Holiday Bowl, He's holding on to the trophy. He's also holding on to someone's microphone. Like, someone had the gumption to be like, Coach, can you hold the microphone so that we can get some sound? 
There's not like an intern that could have held that microphone. Instead, Lavelle's like, sure. And he holds this microphone. I was like, that tells me so much about that guy. <laughs> I'd be like, no, someone else hold it. Like, I'm the coach. Like, so approachable. I'm with my player. You know what I mean? The approachable, yeah. respected megastar at BYU. Fantastic. We do it big on Fridays, and who better than old Thunderfoot in Studio B? Up next, we remember Lavelle Edwards with BYU National Champion punter and kicker, 18-year NFL veteran Lee Johnson. To set you up for that, Lee's quarterback teammate from the 84 National Championship team, Robbie Bosco, recently shared a story with us about Lavelle having a talent nobody knew about. This is BYU Sports Nation. He was always the, the kind of the big show. He could put like 10 to 12 spoons on his face. <laughs> and he would just sit there, and he'd have all these spoons on his face. The what way, in the world? The way his cheeks were kind of soft and pudgy, <laughs> he could just put them on there, and they would just stick to him. I've never seen anybody else do that. He was amazing. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by BYU Dining Services, chef-driven, student-powered. We welcome all of you back on a Friday, our sports friends. Across BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, coming up tomorrow night, Men's Hoops is back in the Marriott Center. They take on Pacific on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 Eastern time. This is a game the Tigers won last year. Uh, BYU, I think, should be ready for Pacific. New head coach Damon Sotomayor, the seventh pick in the uh, NBA draft back uh, to Toronto uh, back in the day. So Very cool. he is the new head coach of Pacific. One of a few NBA veterans that are head coaches now. Terry Porter West Coast with Conference. Portland. Awesome. Yeah, pretty cool Love stuff. It. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. A memorial for Lavelle Edwards will be held tonight. Edwards, of course, the head coach at BYU for 29 amazing years, 1972 to 2000, 257 victories in that time. It has been a pleasure for us to reminisce over the past week with former players and colleagues with stories about Coach Edwards and the impact he had on their lives. We'll talk to Lee Johnson in just a moment. Also, we heard from Robbie Bosco about what player interviews were like for him with Coach Edwards. But his interviews were not normal. He would be interviewing you while reading the newspaper, (laughs) and he would be reading that newspaper in conversation and then when he was done doing that, he'd bend down and start shining his shoes. Then he'd take his key and he'd start picking wax out of his ear. <laughs> I mean, he did this. You could talk to multiple players, and they would tell you these same stories. Fantastic stuff from Robbie Bosco on his former coach, Lavelle Edwards. Join BYU Sports Nation tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern, a special celebrating the life of Lavelle Edwards edition with guests Leon White, ESPN's Trevor Maddich, and a special segment, Lavelle in his own words. Since basketball lost to St. Mary's last night, 81-68, Eric Mika, 28 points, 10 rebounds. As mentioned, the Cougars play Pacific tomorrow night in the Marriott Center, 9 Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It was the big early test for the Cougars. Round one goes to the Gales, but BYU does play St. Mary's and Gonzaga uh, in February, two against Gonzaga but the one at home against St. Mary's. So BYU has a month to kind of gear up against everybody else, the non-St. Zagas, and then see what they've got in February. Ladies took care of business against the Gales last night, 70-65. to Kalani Purcell just one assist away from her first career triple-double at BYU. 18 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists. BYU at 
First place Pacific tomorrow, 5 p.m. Eastern. And the men's volleyball team, who was the national runner-up a year ago in MPSF uh, regular season tournament champions, they are third ranked in the preseason. They open the season tonight at Lewis, uh, 8 Eastern time. Then tomorrow, BYU plays at Loyola, Chicago on ESPN3 at 8 Eastern as well. Good luck to the boys. Joining us now as we continue to remember Lavelle Edwards and celebrate the iconic coach's mm-hmm. life is Lee Johnson. Thunderfoot! Thunder! 18-year NFL veteran, 1984 national champion, and the 1980s version of Johnny Linehan. Yeah, right? how about Linehan? That guy's crazy. No, I would never tweet. That guy's a tweeter. Don't get me on a tweet. That would not be good. It's great to have you in studio. Thank you. Really. Appreciate and, it, uh, We look Thanks back so much. at uh, Lavelle Edwards. What does that man mean to you? Well, he means so much to me. You know, I walked on to BYU back in 1980, and it's funny. They played A&M in Houston in 79. And he had, uh, had heard that there was this kicker down in, in Woodlands, Texas, which was Houston, essentially. And Gary Zauner was a special teams guru who was on the staff at the time. And Lavelle said, look, go up. There's this kid up in, in the Woodlands. Go up and check him out. And I had this terrible game. I mean, I had a strong leg, thunder. You know, that's, that was kind of my thing. But I had a terrible game. And Gary Zauner reports to Lavelle the next day and he says, nah, this kid's no good. <laughs> and it was, it was interesting to see how things came about because I had begged to, to walk on at BYU through Floyd Taylor, who had recently passed years ago, who was a business manager. And uh, so Lavelle didn't know much about me other than I was this kid from Texas who pleaded with someone to come watch me and fail miserably oh. as, a, as a high school senior. So, you know, he didn't know much about me other than there's other, you know, we can maybe get another story about how he learned more about me. But um, he meant so much to me. And it, uh, as years went on, as a player, you know, I was kind of reserved. I, I didn't... Uh, I'm a kind of a crazy guy outside of the locker room, but I'm not a natural guy as a football player. It's really weird. I don't really want the ball at the end of the game type of guy. So I was really kind of nervous around. Or should you, right? You're the yeah. Player? No, well, I, yeah, but yeah. Well, as yeah, a field goal kicker, though, I, I didn't oh, really want yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't want to go out and win a game. Like some of these guys that are great, they want it. And I was always frustrated. How come? Why would you want that? It's too crazy. It's scary. I don't know. Don't. So around the game of football, I was always very quiet and reserved. And, and, you know, I didn't get to know Lavelle as much as a player as when I was in the league for years, and especially the last two years uh, being a part of BYU uh, in the athletic department. And that has just opened my eyes to what an amazing man he was. Mm. Just wonderful. Just wonderful. He has affected uh, a lot of people in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, but like, BYU Athletics is what it is because of Lavelle in, yeah. in, in an amazing way, right? Now you're in this athletic department. So how have you seen the effect of Lavelle Edwards in BYU sports today? What has amazed me about Lavelle is how you can be so great, so effective, and play such an impact in the lives of kids and be a normal guy. So much of football is what I didn't like as a kid and the yelling, the screaming, the intimidation – and all the things about football that, and I always said to myself, if I was a coach, how can I do it and be a good guy? Lavelle did it as a good guy. And there's other great guys. Kalani's a great guy. And there's, there's great guys. Bronco's a great guy. But, you know, he intimidated. He did things that I just, it wouldn't connect with me as a player. I wouldn't relate to it. Lavelle just did things right as a professional, as a great guy, as a small town guy. And he just impacted the lives because he knew, and this is what I think was so important about great about Lavelle, is he knew you cared about him. He knew that you, he, I knew he cared about me as a person. And the, all the interviews you talk about bringing people in and annually and the lemon drops and the buttons and the shoes shine and the paper. And you didn't think, but he was very perceptive and he was deceivingly 
perceptive of, of the person and what you're about and what kind of guy you were. And I didn't, I was kind of, he, he knew me and I didn't think he did. So very interesting. Hmm. Lee Johnson with us on BYU Sports Nation, reminiscing about uh, Lavelle Edwards. What was your favorite part about the interactions you did have with the coach? Well, the, the one story that I, I really love is he, I didn't get, I walked on. And it was a miracle that I was even accepted to BYU because I didn't even take the required test to come to BYU. <laughs> how did you get here, man? I, I, I don't know how I got here. It was, a, it was a miracle. I was denied. And then the next day, I received a letter where I was accepted. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was oh. on my way to, to go someplace in, in Texas somewhere, whatever, Southeast Texas State or whatever it was. But I was accepted, so I walked on to BYU. Oh. And the story, Lavelle tells a story because he, 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 he told it the day before he passed. On his, uh, in his bed in his room, I had an opportunity with Chad and Robbie to go to his house. And the story essentially was, here's this kid in spring, in August, and I'm in my office. And he had this office with a big window, and he could see out to the practice field. And he says, as he says, I saw this ball going through the air like a jugs machine. You know what a jugs machine yeah, is. Yeah. It explodes through the jug, and it goes a mile. And he thought this jugs, jugs machine was, was going on with the return, the return men. And he walks out, and he sees this me. And, you know, I was drilling some balls. I was crushing them. And it was great to see, one, how he tells a story about how this kid from Texas, who he said to our special team, goes, nah, he'll never make it. He'll never be any good here. And as the story goes, after that first year, the SMU, I kicked the onside kicks, Gary Zahner, our special teams guru, was going down to San Diego State with Doug Scoville. He was going to take me and give me a scholarship down to San Diego State. Lavelle caught wind of that. And that's when I, that's, that's where I've always had fun with Lavelle. Hmm. Telling him, Lavelle, I had you, buddy. I forced your, <laughs> I forced your hand on this one. But, you know, it's always good to know you got the upper hand. You can yes. force a hand. Yes. So he calls me in his office like he does, and he catches when that I'm leaving, and he offered me a scholarship right before I went back for the, for the Christmas holidays hmm. to come back for the winter semester because I was always gone. I was leaving. That after, that's after your freshman season, My, right? Yeah. 80? Yeah, that's a Merry Christmas, right? Wow. That was a Merry Christmas. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was great. And it was the way he went about doing it, and it was kind of fun to tease him a little bit, especially now to tease him um, – just about that in that story. That's my favorite story with Lavelle with, with myself. You said that you were there, it sounds like, the Wednesday, last Wednesday, before mm. Thursday. Yeah. Lavelle Edwards Beautiful. Passes. Yeah. What, what was that like? It was incredible. We, Bryce Santiago, in our ward as a bishop, excuse me, in our office, he's his bishop, and he'd come in and said, Lavelle's not doing well. Two weeks prior, I'm going to Robbie, and I said, Robbie, we got to go see Lavelle. I just had this feeling we needed to go see Lavelle because we hadn't seen him around. He would come around. And Robbie's like, yeah, we need to go see him. And, and things just got crazy, and we didn't do it. So, Brian, anyway, this Wednesday morning comes in, and I'm with Chad in my office. And he comes in and says, hey, it's not looking great. And Chad and I just said, we're going, not really knowing if it would be okay. And we go up there, knock on the door, and Patty is so sweet to let us in. And we walk in his bedroom that he had lived in and, and for 50 years. I don't know how long he lived there. And he's in his hospice bed, and he's sitting up, and Robbie's there. Robbie Bosco was there with Karen, his wife, and his boy was there. And, of course, Robbie's very close to Lavelle because they coach. But we sat with Lavelle, me, Chad, and Robbie, and we just sat there, and he was in and out. You know, he was, he would, we would tell a story. He would chuckle do, and chew on his tongue and do his little, you know, things that he does. And then he would kind of go out a little bit, and then we'd kinda, he'd kind of come back, and, you know, he's fully aware that we were there. But the opportunity to express our love and appreciation for Lavelle during that 15-minute period, I felt so lucky that I was able to do that. I mean, three of us, three guys, you know, former teammates, and I, I, don't, I didn't feel worthy to be the guy to, to be there 
the day before he passed. I just it was like, wow, how did I get so lucky to be with a legend and talk with them and just tell stories and share stories and have them laugh a little bit? And it was really, it was really cool, you guys. It was really a special moment for me and Chad and, and Robbie. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic stuff from Lee Johnson here in Studio B. What kind of reception and atmosphere do you anticipate tonight um, as uh, the team gathers to remember yeah. their coach? It's going to be amazing. We will never have a reunion in the history of college athletics, BY athletics, than we will tonight, I think. We're going to have people, players, former players, coaches, Andy Reid's coming in. Um, they got wow. the old the bye week, you know, with uh, the playoffs. I think it's going to be uh, – it's going to be kind of like we're doing right now, just telling stories. We've already got Glenn Kozlowski. He came into Robbie's office right before I came here. Oh, boy. Instantly, we're telling stories, and he's just it's just a total riot. Yeah. It's a beautiful day. It's sad because we lose a legend in Lavelle. It's beautiful in that we're going to have so many former players come back, guys who probably have never really returned um, after they, ret- they, re- they move on and do their thing and get busy with life, and they're going to come back. I don't know how many we're going to have. We could have 1,000. I don't know how many former players. I know we, we RSVP'd almost 500, wow. which is pretty amazing. Wow, that's a lot. So it's going to be a, an amazing night uh, tonight after post the funeral. We'll have the reunion, and then uh, it's going to be a, a great time. I've been struck by the fact that, uh, you know, we've, we've known for the past 16, 17 years that the stadium is named Lavelle Edwards Stadium. But I think it's taken on a new meaning since he's passed. There's something we can look at, visit, see, touch, feel, and kind of remember. I I feel like the the naming of the stadium has more meaning now than it ever has. I, I don't yeah, know if you feel no, like I think it always does. Anytime uh, someone passes on and you can see the legacy he left and the legend of Lavelle, and it's in the Lavelle Edwards Stadium. You know, it's funny. I was watching some clips um, when they when they did it with President Hinckley at the time, and just his emotion and his wife's emotions. And I I would wonder, you know, did, did you kind of know about it? Did, well, his I talked to his daughter, and they kind of knew, mm-hmm. but they didn't know for sure, and it'd be hard to, to keep that a secret. But, you know, I loved how they had the lights on, by the way, mm. in the stadium. That was so powerful to me. It was. And I think you're right. Every time you go there, you'll think about Lavelle. He, he touched a lot of lives. Fans loved him. And I think because, again, he was a normal guy doing normal things and just, ah, just amazing. It was just weird to think that you could be so small town, normal, and care, and not he, – he never really got mad. He didn't intimidate. He didn't belittle. He didn't try to tear you down, you know, which is so common with coaches. It's kind of, you know, maybe they feel they need to do it to motivate. You know, Lavelle just, he had a great system. Lavelle could come in at 9 and leave at 5 and not have to worry because he had a system. And Bronco, you know, these other coaches um, from other, they're all all night. It's crazy. It's game prep. It's, wait a minute. When you know what you're going to do, why? Why do you got to go past 5? When you have a system like he had, you didn't because you just did the same thing. Figure out a way to beat me. If they, tw- if they do something different, then they, at the line of scrimmage, Robbie or Steve or whoever, we'll just tweak it a little bit. He had a great system, and it was very unique the way he was able to do things. Yeah, on a personal level, he, he makes me just want to be a better man yeah. in every way. Yeah. Pretty incredible. It is. Lee, thanks so much for the time, man. Yeah, Thank you. Thanks, That's Lee. awesome. It's always good to have Thunderfoot in the studio. Thunderlips! Absolutely. <laughs> Hopefully Lavelle didn't get mad at you for breaking the scoreboard at Wyoming in 19. I popped it. Brand new. First game. I thumped it, and I loved every minute of it. <laughs> Lee, thank you. Thanks. A pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much. What is your favorite Lavelle Edwards story, quote, or memory is our Twitter question today at Golf T-Boy says, from Lavelle Edwards, quote, the will to prepare is more important than the will, the will to win, end quote.
Amen. And so, get it done in that nine to five, you know? So much good stuff. At History Geek 1776 says his ability to inspire and bring out the best in people, which is just what I was talking about. And in a unique way, like Lee said. Didn't have to scream at you. <sighs> More of your favorite Lavelle Edwards quotes, memories, and stories on the way from the Twitter machine. You can hear an extended portion of the interview I conducted with the iconic coach this afternoon during a special live BYU Sports Nation at 6 Eastern. Do not miss it. Powerful stuff. And then there's this, Lavelle on his feeling after winning his first bowl game at BYU. I think we'd been to four, three or four of them before and hadn't won one, and that was our first victory. Uh, I, I, I look back on those uh, my career, and, and I think that was the most relieved that I've ever felt about, about a game that's finally getting that monkey off her back, so to speak. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. If you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation live, the general rule is just watch the rebroadcast weeknights right here on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern or listen on BYU Radio at 5 Eastern. But tonight, a special live celebrating the life of Lavelle Edwards edition. Yeah, 6 Eastern tonight, we will be live celebrating the life of Lavelle Edwards with Leon White, Trevor Maddich, and uh, you don't want to miss this, Lavelle Edwards in his own words, coming up tonight, 6 Eastern time on BYU TV. 25, 30 seconds left, and uh, we blocked the punt, and then that's when those three long passes of Jim, and then we scored on the last play, so it was... It was an unbelievable game, and how it all unfolded. And by that time, the crowd, the stadium was half empty. People had gone, started to go home. And what is your favorite Lavelle Edwards story, quote, or memory? Perhaps it comes from the 1980 Miracle Bull, Jim McMahon to Clay Brown. More tweets in from our Twitter question of the day at TP. One eight zero one eight six four six six three one su I'm guessing that was randomly generated. Wow. I liked when Ron McBride and Lavelle Edwards got together, and Ron McBride would give Lavelle Edwards Utah Youth stuff, <laughs> and Lavelle would give Ron McBride BYU stuff, and they would laugh and have a good time together. Lavelle and Ron made the rivalry really fun and exciting, and they were nice with each other. Yeah, isn't that a great example of how you hope maybe the rivalry could be, right? And I think we're seeing that with Kalani Satake and uh, Kyle Whittingham. Yeah, you you want it to be fun that way. You want it to have a little rancor there, but uh, you'd you'd love to have a a good relationship there. And that's the thing. Who didn't like Lavelle Edwards? When when you die, you hope that you have one-eighth of the things said about you that were said about Lavelle Edwards. Oh, I'd be happy if it were that. One one-hundredth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. An, an amazing uh, an amazing life that way. At D.D. Uh, Holds Books. I will never forget Lavelle's smile the first time we beat Notre Dame. 94. The right? Gatorade bath, the interview right after the Gatorade bath. Kalani Stake, right, yeah. by the way, is over Lavelle's right shoulder. He's wearing a jersey that says Fafita on the back of it. Yeah. Kalani Fafita Satake. Yeah. Pretty interesting. His freshman year as an 18-year-old. It's fun to see him in that moment. Yeah. And then in the Utah game, Lavelle's last miracle, just bookending it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zach Bloxham called that uh, clip of Kalani Stuckey with Lavelle Edwards. Uh, uh, moment made in the stars. Well said. Yeah. 
Well said. At CougsFan44, my favorite memory of Lavelle was seeing Kalani Satake embrace Coach Edwards after Lavelle's final game. There it is. How about that link between former player and the coach? Gary Croton was here. Bronco Mendenhall were here. Whether you like it or not, BYU fans have a special feeling about Kalani Satake versus the other two because he's a former player here. There's, a, there's something different, right? I'm not saying it's for better or worse. Just it's a different feeling. So that connection between Satake and Edwards in that, those final moments, there are two seconds on the clock. This is it. This is the end of 29 years. And you have Kalani Satake in that moment? That is unbelievable. I cried when BYU won that game. I was in the stadium, and it was, it was quite the night. It was a miracle. It really was. Yeah, I cried when BYU won that game. At Freedom for Troy, met Lavelle just once with my brother, who was in the PE department, in the faculty locker room. Larger than life, but made me feel like family. How often have we heard that? The one interaction I had with him and made me feel like family. Yeah. Lavelle Edwards has this unique name. Lavelle. Everyone feels like they know him, right? Lavelle and and Patty, too. And Patty. The first name basis, right? Um, if you say Steve, you're probably going to think Steve Young, but there have been other Steves, right? There's not been another Lavelle. He, uh, for, for those kind of younger, he, he feels like he's your grandpa in some way. You know what I mean? And he is the overseer, if you will, of BYU athletics um, and forever. Because what he did, he, no one did more than Lavelle Edwards to build the BYU brand. There were players. There were coaches. There were administrators. But it was Lavelle Edwards that built the BYU brand into what it is today. Why is BYU with Nike? Because of Lavelle Edwards. Why does BYU have the cachet it does nationally and a contract with ESPN? Lavelle Edwards. Because of Lavelle Edwards. I mean, the, the impact and influence cannot be overstated from this man. Why does BYU have the football stadium that they have right now? Why, Lavelle Edwards. Why does BYU TV exist? Because the brand was big enough to get out to the people because of what BYU football did. I mean, we have jobs here today because of Lavelle Edwards. I'm, I'm serious. The influence that he had is wild. Lavelle Edwards is the Beatles of BYU. Oh, for sure. G- g- yeah. Yes. At Dustin S. Hill, when Lavelle told me in the Cougar marching band that he used to sneak out at halftime to watch the band... Love Lavelle. <laughs> Where's Coach? We need some instruction. Oh, he's watching the band. Coming up, which BYU team rolls out the new season in a top 10 showdown? That's just part of the Cougar Whip Around. But first, more of Lavelle Edwards in his own words. What was the adjustment like becoming a head coach? This is BYU Sports Nation. Over on the defensive side of it, that was the hardest part for me is to back off and let the people I hired go in and and uh, you know and make the decisions and and sometime make the mistakes or whatever else. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by Dexterlaw.com help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. A memorial for Lavelle Edwards will be held tonight. Edwards was head coach at BYU for 29 years from 1972 through 2000, amassing 257 victories in that time. Join us here on BYU Sports Nation today at 6 Eastern as we celebrate the life of Lavelle Edwards 
with guests Leon White, Trevor Manich, in a special segment called Lavelle Edwards, in his own words. Men's basketball. BYU lost to St. Mary's 81-68 last night, despite Eric Mika recording his eighth double-double this season. 28 points, 10 rebounds. The Cougars back to work in WCC play tomorrow against Pacific 9 Eastern. Watch it on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. Women's basketball. The ladies beat St. Mary's 70-65 to last night. Kalani Purcell was one assist away from her first career triple-double with 18 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists. Cassie Bradhead had a great game as well. The uh, ladies play at Pacific tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Volleyball. Third-ranked BYU opening the season today at 6th-ranked Lewis in Romeoville, Illinois at 8 p.m. Eastern. Then tomorrow the Cougars will play at Loyola Chicago on ESPN3, 8 Eastern for that one. Cougars in the NFL. Ziggy Ansan, the Lions, prepare to lose at Seattle in the wildcard round of the playoffs tomorrow. Wow. Wow. Gymnastics. <laughs> the Cougars open the season tomorrow for Eastern in a four-team meet, a quad meet, at Penn State against the Nittany Lions, Bowling Green, and the Owls of Temple. Swimming and diving. Men's team hosts. Harvard, yes. Tonight at 7 Eastern time, Spencer. The intellectuals are in town to swim. <laughs> Future guests for our 6 p.m. Eastern special on Lavelle Edwards, Leon White, NFL, linebacker, national champion at BYU, as well as ESPN's Trevor Maddich. We've been airing the pieces from the interview I had with Lavelle Edwards throughout the show. Tune in this afternoon, again, 6 Eastern, during BYUSN special. You'll see the full story, Lavelle on Lavelle. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who else is it going to go to today? Yeah, Lavelle Edwards uh, at Lyle Stavist. Lavelle, so steady his name might have been Level. Great man. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a solid tweet. Our elite tweet of the day from at VaderMT08. My favorite quote is, I'd rather lose in Provo than win and live in Laramie. That's... An immortal quote. Thanks to Lee Johnson and everyone on our crew, especially Chase Metcalf. It's been a fantastic show. We'll see you again at 6 Eastern. Show on demand. In the meantime, download the podcast. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Shirley Johnson.